Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. And so Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42, it says, And Jesus and his disciples were on their way. And he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet. Now watch this. This is listening to what he said. Listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had been made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. I love Jesus. He's just like, Martha, Martha. Like, I can see him, like, walking like this, you know, with the, Martha, Martha. The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed, or indeed only one thing is actually needed. Mary has chosen what is better. Somebody look at the person next to you, tell them better. Mary has chosen what is what? Mary has chosen one more time what is better. And it will not be taken away from her. Amen. I want to talk to you on this subject today, on this beautiful, beautiful Sunday afternoon, on this subject, the better part of life. Look at the person next to you. Tell them the better part of life. I want to talk to you on this subject, the better part of life. Amen? And when, as you know, that we are a live church, so feel free to participate. If you want to shout amen, you can say, amen. if you want to say, go ahead, preacher, you can say, amen. and a preacher's absolute favorite is, take your time, take your time. And if you're bilingual, you can say, dale, papi. <laughs> Let's bow our heads. God, we we thank you so much, God. Thank you that you are so here, oh God. That people, they, we feel so blessed that you just show up in our courts, in our, in our gatherings. And you really make us realize this is your court and your gathering. Thank you for this beautiful, beautiful, sweet presence that we experience here. Father, I pray that you communicate and speak to us, but not just for us to hear a message and kind of feel good and feel inspired. Those things are great, God. We want to be able to feel so inspired and so motivated and so encouraged that it allows us to truly walk out this kingdom message on our Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, Thursday, Friday every day of the week. Father, I thank you for uh, just an amazing church community that is gathered here today, Lord. Thank you for their blessed lives, oh God. Thank you that you have given me the opportunity, the great opportunity, the humbling opportunity to pastor one of the most amazing churches on Staten Island, New York, to be the father of some amazing kids, and I'm married to the hottest woman on the planet. And I thank you, Lord, that Conor McGregor is the two-time world champion at 145 and 155 
my heart was racing yesterday, but you brought peace to my heart when he won. In Jesus' name we pray. And God's people shout. Come on, give God a praise one more time all over this room. <laughs> Woo! Um, <clears throat> I've learned, I've been married for five years now. I, I didn't really know what I was going to preach today, but thank God for the Holy Spirit. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've been married for five years now. And how many married folk in the house? Whoa! That is awesome because we got newlyweds. Uh, <laughs> uh, how many single folk in the house? Hmm. Life is rough. Life is rough. It's all right. It's all right. Come on, what a single folk. We're going to try again and give you a do-over. Hey, hey, hey. Woo! All right. Uh, uh, and, and, you know, when you're married, you learn a few things. There's a lot of things that you've heard some of the things I've learned, you know, but I'm still learning. And one of the things that I think I kind of got down packed is that I've learned um, a, a few things. I've learned the difference between inside dirt and outside dirt. See, I didn't know that before I got married. I thought all dirt was the same. I don't know about you, but I just thought all dirt was the same. See, I have learned after five years of marriage. Look at the ladies in the house. They're like, that's right, Pastor. You, you better know the difference. I'm still trying to get my man to learn the difference between. Well, I learned the difference between inside dirt and outside dirt. And uh, I, I learned because, um, you know, apparently when you come inside, that dirt is different from that dust is different from this dust. And that's why you got to take off your shoes. And um, not only that, uh, I cannot go outside my house and lay in my bed with the clothes I got on. <laughs> she told me so. I promise I didn't, I didn't know this stuff. Like, I did not know that you could do this. Interesting enough, like, I think it's disgusting now. Like, here five years now, and I see somebody come outside, and they lay on, the kids, they lay on the bed with the clothes they wear. I was, I was like, that is disgusting. Like, I've been doing it all my life. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's disgusting. I've been doing it for the last two years. And when, sometimes when she's not looking, I have to put on my socks. You know what I mean? So, there's no chair in my room. But I can say that from the pulpit because she forgives me. There's also the difference between... uh the sponge for the dishes and the sponge for the counter. Look, my man Jews looking at me is like, what is this? He's like, are you, this is, this is the truth, bro. It's like, there's a difference. He's like, what? There's two sponges. Yes. There is one for the counter and there is one for the dishes. And, and it's, it's, it's interesting to me, but I've learned that, there is one for the counter and there's one for the, the, the sink, right? So I have to make, and God forbid they get close to each other. Because the bacteria from the counter one is going to jump to the bacteria. And then, the, so like I got to make sure it's the right one because if I accidentally use the one for the dishes for the counter, you could never use that one for the dishes again. It's the truth. Like you can't even clean the inside of the sink where the dishes lay with the counter one. Like, yeah, I, I thought it was ridiculous too, but it's the truth. You can't even use that, right? Like, I, and I've learned these things. I'm trying to save some marriages right now. So if you're single men, I'm helping you out right now. Come on, somebody, right? And one of the things that, another thing that I, I've actually learned when it comes to marriage, and uh, I'm still developing this unique gifting because I think it's a gifting that you have to develop. 
Okay? It's called uh, listening. (laughs) This is is true. Like, I've learned this, that uh, that my, my wife, or let's just say wives, we're not trying to single anybody out here. We're an all-inclusive church. Wives, in general, have this thing. I didn't know this existed because my wife would try to talk to me, and she would say things to me, and she would tell me her day at work. And I don't know about you, fellas, but my mind goes into immediate fix-it mode. You know what I'm talking about? Like, when my wife talks to me, she's like, yeah, you know, because this girl at work, you know, she was saying this, and she was saying that. And I'm like... Like, I'm like already ready. I'm ready to open. Here, baby, look. We got an agenda right here. Here's what we do. Okay, you see, where does she sit? She sit right there. Here's what you do. You go cut left, make a right, come to... I'm already in game plan mode. Like, I'm already to fix it. But what I've discovered, I don't know about you, if you know this, that my wife likes to, to tell me things, not to fix them, just to listen to her. Just to, just to, am I, ladies, can you, can you like confirm this or not, right? Like, just, wait, what? You, you mean that I don't have to work myself up and try to figure this one out? You mean to tell me that, she's like, baby, I don't, I don't want to tell you stuff for you to fix it. Then why are you telling me this stuff, right? Like, what? Why are you telling me this stuff? I don't, I don't tell you these things. Sometimes I just tell you these things because I just want you to listen. Listen. I know I need to fix this. No, I just want you to listen. Can you just listen to me? I, this is a secret weapon. And so I've mastered this listening thing. Fellas, let me tell you, you, your lady comes to you and she wants to talk to you, don't fix it. Don't fix it. Just listen. And you just got to throw, you got to throw a few, really, baby? Just throw a few of them. Just listen, I promise you. That's all you got to do. Really? Oh, and then throw a little, oh, wow. Like, and you got to, you got to paste that one. Oh, wow. And then you just you top it off. Yo, that's crazy. Yo, that's crazy right there. And then, and then you got to make her feel like she's right. So you say, but you knew that was going to happen, right? You saw that one coming, right? She's like, yeah, right. I'm like, yeah. I told you. It's crazy. That's some craziness right there. Wow. Really, baby? Wow. Yo, that's crazy. Put it on repeat right there. You're good. I promise you are good. And then she'll be like, you know, thank you for listening. (laughs) I just helped out the men right here. You guys can come to the altar call at the end of the service. Listening. I mean, I think that when it comes uh, to listening, man, it's, it's, it's an under... It's an overlooked, rather, aspect of what it means to, to pray. I think that when it comes to prayer, uh, oftentimes we look at prayer as just 
us speaking to God and us communicating with God and us kind of like just vomiting out the mouth in a sense and just laying to God everything that's on our heart and everything that's important to us, everything that matters. And let me tell you, you can do that. That is awesome. That, the Bible says that you can cast your cares unto Jesus. And guess what? He cares for you, that he will carry those cares for you. But I think that this, this, there's this uh, underrated aspect of prayer that includes God speaking to us. And, and, and it means this. It means that we have to not only speak to God, but we also have to listen to God. I wonder what it would look like if in our prayer life, how many believe that, I mean, we can all improve our life if we learned how to hear the voice of God? How many believe that if we can, we can hear the voice of God and our lives will change? We can hear the voice of God and things won't be as they were. We can hear the voice of God and all of a sudden conquer everything that has been standing in our path. Let me tell you something. When you start hearing the voice of God, you start living different. You start walking different. You start worrying less about the things that don't matter. If you would only hear the voice of God. I look at this passage, watch this, in Luke chapter 10. And what you see is it says, but few things are needed. This is what Jesus says. Jesus says, but few things are needed. He says, or indeed only one thing is needed, only one. And Mary has chosen what is better. Everybody shout better. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from you. I want to, I wonder how many things we have chosen over what is better and it's been taken away from us and it's literally disintegrated in our hands because we have chosen the lesser and not the better. And he says, another translation puts it this way. It says, there is only one thing worth being concerned about and Mary has what? Discovered it. It will not be taken away from her. It, it will, see, we can learn how to pray, but there is a beauty in discovering, hearing the word of God. Because when you look at this, what, what in the world did Mary discover? What did she discover? And so you look at the passage and you start saying, okay, I want to know what Mary discovered because I want to get this thing right. I want to know what is it that Mary was exploring for? What is it that Mary uh, discovered? And you look at the passage and what you see is in verse 30. 39, it says, Mary, op- Martha opened her home to him, she, and she had a sister called Mary who what? Sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what? To what he said. See, Mary did not, see, see I, I, I was hoping that it said she discovered something, and when you look at what she discovered, it'd be so epic and amazing, and all the stuff that she did, and all the stuff that she accomplished, but it doesn't say that Mary was uh, uh, Mary discovered uh, how to shout the right amount of times. It didn't say that Mary discovered how to articulate in details her prayer requests and petitions before the Lord. It didn't say that Mary discovered how to rebuke the most powerful of demons on in the world. It said that Mary discovered how to listen to what he said. See, when I put those two together, I say, wow, she, Mary has chosen the better part. Mary has chosen the most important part. Mary has chosen, Mary has discovered 
and you look back and it says, what was Mary doing? She was at the feet of Jesus listening to what he said. Man, I tell you, our voice, our, our, our prayer life will be impacted so significantly if we learned that prayer was not simply a monologue. <laughs> see, 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 prayer is not church, church of God. I, I want to share this with you because I believe these are secrets that they, they've been revealed, but oftentimes we overlook them. And, and there's a, such an emphasis on prayer when it comes to communicating with God. And we've been kind of unpacking those things. And I think those things are important. But I think there's an aspect of prayer that has been overlooked so much. What, just to sit in the presence of God and hear him. See, prayer is not simply a one-way street. It is not you communicating to God. Prayer is God communicating to you and you listening. See, prayer is more than a monologue. It is a dialogue. I'm speaking to God, but let me tell you, he is not just silent. He is speaking to me. Oftentimes, we look at God and say, God, we we don't hear you. Well, maybe if you just stop talking for a second. I'm talking about... Listen to what I'm saying. I'm not talking about God speaking to you in the chaos of your day. I'm saying you taking the time out and laying before the presence of God and saying, Lord, I'm going to wait here as long as it takes until I hear your voice. See, we oftentimes see prayer as a monologue and we kind of like, we, you know, we, I mean, have you ever done prayer on the run? We all, we all do it. Come on. I think it's good. I think prayer on the run is good. It's healthy. It's good. I love that no matter what, I can call my wife and I can just talk to her immediately. There's no introduction. There's nothing. Hey, baby, blah, 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 boom. I love that. But let me tell you that our, our marriage and our relationship cannot survive simply on those moments. Your, your relationship with God uh, maybe will survive using those moments, but it will not thrive. As, as, if, as if you were to take the moment to listen to his voice. And sometimes like, God... Uh, protect me, I'm about to go outside and uh, you know what's going on out there, we got a new president and so, we gotta make sure we're good, okay God, amen, boom, I'm out wait, 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 what happened to can you imagine talking to somebody, hey listen I just wanted to do it, alright, see you later and sometimes that's how kind of our prayer life looks like, it kind of looks like God, let me just tell you what I what's in my mind, see you later deuces What would it look like if we, we said, God, here I am, Lord, I'm listening. Not just communicate to God, but hear from God what he's saying. You know, Jesus, he looks at Mary, uh, he looks at Martha and he says, Martha, you're getting worked up over many things. But there's only one thing that's important. There's only one thing that is necessary. There's only one thing that is needed. There's only one thing that is going to bring you peace. There's only one thing that's going to bring you clarity. There's only one thing that's going to stop the anxiety. There's only one thing that's going to stop the worry. And it's my voice. This is what Mary has chosen and it will not be taken away from her. See, one of the greatest benefits of salvation is listening to God speak to you, your life personally. What if I told you that all the things you do in life do not matter if you're not listening to God's voice? What if I told you that? That all the things that you do in life, all the things that you are preparing for in life, 
do not matter if you're not hearing God's voice. Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about what? Many things. This is Luke chapter 10, 38. Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Martha, you are focusing on something that is less important. You are focusing on something that is secondary. You are focusing your attention on the noise and the chaos of life, but only one thing is necessary in life. The most important thing in life is listening to the voice of God. He says, see, he doesn't, He doesn't rebuke her. He doesn't say, you are doing a bad thing. She was doing good things. Matter of fact, the Bible says that she was preparing for a meal for Jesus. He doesn't rebuke her. He just says, hey, listen, you are caught up with the unnecessary. I wonder if if we're missing out on the better part of life because we continuously choose. We continuously choose. We're missing out on the better part of life because we continually choose to do the unnecessary over the necessary. That was a good time to say amen right there. I'm going to let you rock right there. See, sometimes we do many things, but we aren't doing the one thing. If we're missing the better part of life because we are focused on the unnecessary versus the necessary. What we often don't understand is that everything about the existence of humanity is formed by the voice of God. Everything that you see has been formed by the voice of God. It was the voice of God that created the world. See, see, what we don't understand is that our voice is, our, our soul is desperately seeking the voice of God. Our soul is desperately yearning for the voice of God. And what happens oftentimes is that we get so distracted and caught up with the dealings of life and the details of life. And we start listening to other voices and we end up silencing the only voice that we need to hear, which is the voice of God. See, because our voice knows and recognizes that God created the universe that it was the voice of God that spoke and said let there be light and there was light oh my God it was the voice of God that said let there be day and night it was the voice of God that separated the land from the sea it was the voice of God that said let the skies be bright let the stars shine let the space in the galaxy be it was the voice of God that placed the seasons into motions it was the voice of God that said produce seed bearing fruit of all variety it was the voice of God that said he said your animals will exist and some of them will fly some of them will run and some of them will swim it was the voice of God that created everything you see everything you can sense everything that you can feel everything that you can smell everything you can touch it's no wonder that our soul is desperately seeking to hear the voice that once said Come into existence. Woo! It was the voice of God that is intrinsically connected to our existence. It is what our soul desperately wants to reach and hear. And sometimes because of the chaos, we allow that voice. See, Jesus is always speaking. 
Notice that Jesus is always speaking. He's always communicating. Psalm, Psalm 95, the psalmist says this. He says, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. We are his people. He watches over us, the flock under his care. If only we could listen. If only we can listen to his voice today. Psalm 95. Psalm 95. Psalm 95. Psalm 95, verse 6. Look what it says. It's if, if only you would listen to the voice today. What would it look like if, if only you would listen to God's voice today? Hear me, hear me, hear me. What difference would God speaking to your life today do in the way you live? God, speak to me. God is always speaking. When we look at the text, look what it says. Luke Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Look what it says. It says, Mark. This is he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She what? Who, who opened it, Mary or Martha? Martha. Isn't that interesting that the one that was most distracted, the one that was most worried, was actually the one that invited Jesus to come in? Isn't that a picture sometimes of our own lives where we kind of accept Jesus in our hearts and we let him come in and then we think that we have to do the heavy lifting? Isn't it interesting that we allow Jesus to come into our lives and we say, thank you, Jesus, for saving me from hell. Thank you for saving me from eternal separation. Thank you for saving me from sin. Thank you for saving me from uh, my shortcomings. But now I got to do the rest on my own. Now I got to listen to the voices of the world. Now I got to listen to the voices of life. Now I got to listen to the. And what happens is that we start listening. See, Jesus never stopped it was three, look at the scene, look at the scene. You have Jesus. He's led in by Martha. Jesus starts, starts speaking. Mary is listening. Jesus never stops speaking, but Martha gets distracted. And the voices of her distraction, distraction allowed to silence the voice that would bring her peace and tranquility and love and harmony. I think sometimes that's, that's a picture of our life, you know. I, I've been there. I've been at the place where I've allowed Jesus to come into my heart. I've allowed Jesus to come into my life. And then I think i got to kind of pick it up by myself. And, and instead of sitting at the feet of the master, instead of, I got, man, i got so much to do. Like, I think Martha gets a bad rep. Let's be honest. Like, Martha gets a bad rep. She's the one that's always worried. She's the one, and, and that's fine. I can thank God for people like Martha because people like Martha are responsible. Any responsible people in the house? I like Martha because Martha gets stuff done. How many know that we need those people on earth? We need people that just are going to show up on time. We need people who are going to go above and beyond. We need people that are going to worry about stuff because they're, you know, carefree people. They could just show up at half an hour late. Oh, but Jesus is on the throne. I like Martha's. Don't get me wrong. I like Martha's because Martha's 
They work hard. They get stuff done. Marries to just sit and chill. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I know I'm, but I think Martha's get a bad rep. I, th- I think they do. But Jesus is not, she's not shunning her. She's saying, see, those things are good things. They're awesome. You have plans? You have things to prepare for? That's what it says she was preparing for. He says, they, they're great. But you have chosen still a lesser. Because you've chosen to listen to the voice of your distractions. The voice that says that is more important than my voice. See, here's the truth. If you are listening to any voice lesser than the voice of God, you're being called to live a lesser life than, every, than the life that God intended you to live. See, if you're listening to a voice that is lesser, anything lesser than God's voice, then you are following the directions and you are following the leading of a voice that is lesser than everything that God has intended you to live. So we have, less, we have listened to voices in our life that are good, but they may not be God. And so God is, is speaking. God is communicating. God is expressing. Look what it says. Picture this scene. She's, he's standing right there. She's there. Jesus never stops speaking. See, oftentimes we need to learn how to, how to shut the voice of our distraction and shut the voice of our worry and shut the voice of the things that need to get done and just say, Lord, here I am. I need to hear you. I need to, uh, rather than I just, I got to get things done because if I don't do it, who's going to do it? If I don't get it done, who's going to get it done? If I don't do this, then who's going to do it? If I don't make it happen, who's going to make it happen? And God is saying, are you willing to to trust in me? Are you willing to hear my voice? Are you willing to learn and sit still for a moment? I don't know about you, but it's hard for me to sit still. I'm one of those guys that I got to be on the go. You know, I got to move. I got to make sure something's happening because if I feel like if I'm not doing it, nothing's happening. You ever been there? I'm the only one. All right. Don't judge me. However, God is saying, sometimes you can get more done sitting still in my presence than preparing for many things without hearing my voice. Jesus, he doesn't say, bad Martha, you're in sin. He doesn't say you are ungodly. He says, Martha, you're getting worked up over so many things because you have allowed those things to distract you from hearing my voice. See, Jesus wasn't silent. The Lord Lord is constantly speaking to us and he gives us direction. It's never the Lord who's not speaking, but it's us who are not hearing. Sometimes to hear God's voice, you must turn down the volume of the world. Don't let the noise of the outside world distract you from hearing God's voice. Sometimes we miss God's voice simply because we aren't paying attention. We have allowed to replace God's voice what have we allowed to replace God's voice in our life I want us to think about that for a second what have we allowed to replace the voice of God in our life Martha what is it that's so important Martha what is it that's so important the voices the voices that have told you Martha that that the task is more important than my person Martha, what are the voices that told you 
that doing is more important than being. Martha, what are the voices that have told you that you don't have to hear the voice of God and you can go on and continue living your life without hearing me for a moment? What voices have we allowed in our lives to replace the only voice that can bring us peace and the only voice that can direct us in the life that he has destined for us. See, some of these voices we've kind of like internalized. We've internalized these voices and they, they come in. They come in, for, you know, they, you start speaking them and you think that your voice is more important than God's voice. Have you ever been there? What would it look like if this church community said, we're going to hear the voice of God? Is that too super spiritual? Is that too super spiritual to say, hey, I want to hear the voice of God before I go to work. I want to hear the voice of God before I make this decision. I want to hear the voice of God before I get married. Single folk, I'm helping you out. Can I be honest? I'll be honest, church. I want to hear the voice of God before I say, I do. Is that, too, is that super spiritual? Is that too much? Our soul is desperately looking to hear God's voice. Is it too super spiritual? Is it super spiritual to say, I want to hear God's voice before I make this decision? I want to hear God's voice before I say yes to a job opportunity. I want to hear God's voice before I give. I want to hear God's voice before I say yes to someone who says that God told them that I'm the one. I want to hear God's voice. Guess what? When I told Lisa that she was the one, she said, I need to hear from God. And she stacked up them standard like this. I was just like, yo, God ain't going to tell you that. But guess what? God told her that. I was like, God, I'm writing you this check right now. <laughs> I promise you, when I told Lisa she was the one, she said, God didn't tell me that. I said, that makes it even better that you're the one. You know what I mean? She said, I'll get back to you. Hashtag, Wait. And she had to hear from God before she walked down that aisle. But I thank God. You know what? Because when, when things get rough, we know that God said yes. I think it would give God some praise for that. I'm just saying. Martha, Martha, Martha. Martha, you're getting worked up over nothing. He calls it nothing. Because nothing is the term you use when you hold higher priority to the thing that you're comparing it to. See, $5 million is, is a lot, but it's nothing when you compare it to your son or your daughter. It's nothing. So he says, see, those things are great, but when you compare it, when you hold it in contrast to hearing my voice, it's nothing. So what are you getting worked over about? Could it be because you... Could it be is because you're hearing your voice and you're hearing everyone's voice, but you're not hearing God's voice? It's not judgment. It's not saying, oh my God, you're not hearing God's voice. You need to repent. No. But I think we need to discover something. I think we need to discover what Mary discovered. Amen? Because, see, if we, if we allow other voices to replace 
the voice of God in our lives, we will, we will always receive the outcome of, of the voice that we are listening to. You know, there's, there, here's a thought. You are, you become those who you are listening to. Can I, can I speak the truth? You become the sum total of those you are listening to. Then I need to listen to the one that holds all the glory, all the power, and his name is magnified. I need to listen to him. I need to, I need to listen to that guy. I appreciate all the advice that's given. Let me tell you, godly counsel, we're going to go over it in a second. It is absolutely important. But most of the time when godly counsel comes to your life, it is a confirmation of what God is always telling you. Let me tell you something. When God is speaking to you, even sometimes we yearn and we desire a prophet to come and, and lay hands to us and speak to our lives. And we desire to have someone to tell us our future. And we desire someone to come and pray for us. Let me tell you, that's good. But you can have that for yourself. I, I, I want to I connect you to the one I'm connected with. I don't want to just be the bridge. I want to say, I'm going to be the bridge for some time. But let me tell you, you can't be dependent on Pastor Rowe. You can't be dependent on the leaders or even mentors. We're good. That's awesome. But you need to be connected to the one that spoke you into existence. Woo! The one that spoke you into existence. The one that said, come, Isa. The one that said, come, Bianca. The one that said, come, come into existence. Your soul says, well, I, I, need, I need, I need, I need to hear. Because if we, if we replace the voices, other voices will bring us worry, but it is God's voice that brings us comfort. Other voices will bring us discouragement and they will lead us into discouragement. But it is God's voice that will bring us encouragement. See, other voices will push you and force you, but God's, voices will, God's voice will lead you and care for you. Other voices will condemn you, but God's voice will convict you and free you. Other voices will bring you turmoil, but God's voice will bring you peace. Someone give God some praise all over this house. God's voice will bring you peace. He says, my sheep hear my voice. John chapter 10, my sheep hear my voice. You know, sheep are dumb. You know that? I just find it interesting that God compares us to sheep. Sheep are dumb. You sheep, like sheep, they get lost all the time. They get stuck in places. They get eaten by wolves all the time. Because it's like, doo 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 doo. Because my sheep don't hear my voice. Let me tell you, a sheep without a shepherd is always in danger of chaos. See, sheep and shepherds go hand in hand. They're supposed to live with each other. It's supposed to, let me tell you, a shepherd smells like his sheep because of how much that shepherd is with his sheep. They're supposed to go hand in hand. A sheep disconnected from his shepherd, man, it is, it is destined for trouble. Why do you trouble for so much? Why do you lose your mind over so much? Why do you get lost constantly? Why are you still struggling with the same old sin? In the sh Could it be that you have listened to the voices of chaos and not the voice of Christ? Again, we're not, we're not, how do you deal with your family? 
Listen to the voice of God. How do you deal with your finances? My sheep hear my voice. How do you deal with your job and your career? My sheep hear my voice. I'm not going to allow something that is outside of the voice of God to influence me in the direction I lead my life. You know, sometimes I, I, people come to me for advice all the time, and I'm just like, when some of the things that I say, when I give them advice, have you ever had somebody come to you for advice, and it's like you suspect that the advice they want to hear from you is really just what they've already told themselves and they just want you to agree? Have you had that person? Right? I give some advice sometimes and it's like I got five heads. Like, what do you, what do you, what do you mean? What do you, what do you, hey man, I'm just letting you know what I believe God is, is saying. Speak to God for yourself. Hear his voice. Pastor Roe, how do we do this? I want to give you five things and we're done. We're done. Five things. Amen. Five things. How can I start recognizing the voice of God? Because I want, I want you to be inspired, but I want you to go home and say, okay, Pastor Roe, how do I do this? I just want to give you five quick things. Number one, does it agree with the Bible? How do you know if God is, is speaking to you? And some of these things are, are they're general, but I think that they at least... Let me tell you, with all the stuff that's going around in the world, with all the things that people are saying is right and is wrong, and all the things that people are saying is good and it's not, I think it's important to have some, some at least an outline of what God is saying for our life. Number one, if God is speaking to you, how do I know if God is speaking to me? Number one, is it in the Bible? In other words, you can recognize God's voice because you know what he sounds like and you know what he sounds like because you've read his word are you hearing me are you hearing me you know what he sounds like because you how many of you guys know that someone you know intimately cannot play a prank in your life they can't call you and crank call you and say there's somebody else why because you recognize their voice Thank you. I appreciate that. I just know God's voice. Well, how do you know? Because I, I spend time with him. I just know what he sounds like. I know that he's not going to go against what he said in his word. I know that. I know that God is not going to condemn me. Oh, I just feel real condemned. I feel like God is condemning me. No, no, because the Bible, see, God said that, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus and are called therefore there's no condemnation so I know that he's not condemning me but I feel con- so you've been I feel condemned oh man that I've been hearing the wrong voice that I've been hearing the wrong voice I, I've been listening to a voice that I've been thinking is God and I just kind of I kind of projected on God but it's really the voice that I've internalized that has not been according to God's word so how do you know if it, if God gives you a plan, if God gives you an idea for a business, man, God just called me to open up a bar, Pastor Roe. Well, it isn't God's word. Maybe not. Maybe you shouldn't open up a place that will intoxicate people. I'm just saying. I'm not saying you're condemned. I'm just saying. 
does it agree with God's word? Does that make sense? So if God is kind of saying, don't get, don't get intoxicated, don't get intoxicated, don't get intoxicated, I'm going to open up a bar. No. Does it agree with his word? You get what I mean? Amen? Number one, does it agree with God's word? Number two, does it make you become more like Jesus? Does it make you become more like Jesus? See, Jesus should always be our standard. God is more interested in our character than in our comfort. Will it help you become more like Jesus or will it make you less like him? I'm going to go here. I'm going to visit this place. Does it make you look more like Jesus or does it make you look less like him? I'm going to marry this person. Does it make you look more like Jesus or does it make you less like him? I'm going to go to this social gathering. Does it make you look more like Jesus? Does it make you less like him? I'm going to take this job opportunity. Does it make you look more like Jesus? Or does it make you less like him? It's, it's, it's rough, I know. You guys, I'm getting the low amens. Amen. Number three. Does my church family confirm it? What are you saying, Pastor Rowe? The church got to agree with everything? No, cut it out. Cut it out. No. But I believe this. Like, they, I mean, I don't know about you, but I sometimes feel like I could just pull people out of thin air and say, these are going to be my friends. Right? Like, I just, Conor McGregor right here. He's my friend. Right? I just, I mean, it's good to have, the, who's the founder of, of uh, Windows? Bill Gates right here. But God has chosen the circle around you. See, God has, has placed you in the community group that you're in. You thought you chose it, but it was God. You thought you chose this church, but it was God. See, God, does my church family confirm it? In other words, do mentors and members of your community, your faith community, we're not, we're, listen, we're not, like I'm not a boss. Does that make sense? I'm not a CEO. That is not what God called me to do. Now, please understand that there are people that God has called to be CEOs. I believe that there are going to be many people here going to be CEOs. I believe we got CEOs right here. I believe that. But I'm not a CEO. I'm a pastor. So I'm, I'm going to be able to give you, I'm, I'm just going to give you wisdom to the thing that's most important, which is your relationship with God. I'm just saying everything flow, flows out of that. Right? So does it, does your church family confirm it? Does it? Do people in your community, hey man, this is what I think God is telling me to do. You know there's some people that don't come to church. You know why? You know why there's some people that just want to go to church and watch it on TV? They don't want to be held accountable. Alright, God bless you guys. I'll see you next week. There are people that just don't want to be held accountable. That's it. You know why they stop? 
it's not because you're doing something wrong. It's actually because you're doing something right and they're not ready for your right to be, to be in their life. You think you're doing something wrong, but you're not doing something wrong. You're doing what's right and they don't like what's right because they're in wrong. So there's people that come, Pastor Roy, what do you think about this? Well, this is what I, it's not what I think, it's what God thinks, it's what the Bible says. And so this is what God says is best for your life. But I, you know, I, I love her and, you know, does she, does she love God? No, but I'm going to save her. No, you're not. But I'm going to bring her to Jesus. No, bro, she's going to bring you to hell. I'm just out of character right now. I said hell three times in a sermon. Now. <laughs> it wasn't that funny, Andrew. What are you talking about? <laughs> he even got a CEO laugh. <laughs> 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 got a CEO laugh here. Some people, just, they just stop because they don't want to be held accountable. Because the moment you just kind of, like, listen, I have, we have like 25 volunteers. And I have a, I have a, I have a relationship with mostly every volunteer that we have here. I think every volunteer we have here has been to my house. I think so. If, if not, you're welcome. Come. And I have to correct some of them. Could you imagine? No, Pastor Rod, just like when you preach. You can't tell me what to do with my life. Like, what? I'm not telling you what to do with your life. I'm telling you what God says to do with your life. That's all. And if God says this, let's follow it. So does your church family confirm it? When you're in your community groups, ask those questions. Ask those questions. What do you think about this? Does your community confirm it? Does, does it agree with the word of God? Does it make you become more like Jesus? Does my church family confirm it? Number four, we're done. For the third time. Yo, they gave me the mic at 1230. I'm just saying. I'm still in the 45 minutes. Is this consistent with how God has designed me? This is important. Is this consistent with God, how God has designed me? In other words, like, like Joey told me that he wanted, he wanted to be a rapper. I said, that's not of God, bro. How many thank God that Joey is preaching and teaching and not rapping. You know, guys, God has called me <laughs> to be a tanning model. How many thank God that I'm not here in some Speedos and I'm here fully dressed? Thank God. Sorry for the visual. How many thank God that I'm preaching and not modeling? Amen? Is it consistent with how God designed you? Is it consistent? How many thank God, I, I mean, I, how many thank God is not me leading worship every Sunday? You have creed with arms wide open every Sunday. It's not consistent with how God designed me. Number five in this, do I sense God's peace? That's it. Do I sense God's peace? Do I? Do I sense the peace of God? 
when I'm leaning into this voice. Just sometimes people speak things over your life or they'll say things like immediately. When you're in tune with the Spirit of God, you just know immediately that's not of God. I just know that wasn't of God. I just know it doesn't align with the Bible. It doesn't be it doesn't make me more like Jesus. It's not confirmed by my church family. It's not consistent with how I'm designed. Immediately I know. And see, there's some decisions that are tough decisions. You know, God has called me and my wife to do some tough things sometimes. And they're difficult. And they're inconvenient. They're inconvenient. Hold on, God. I have plans. But I feel at peace about it. And I know I could walk in there. Because the God of peace has spoken peace in my life. And even though it is tough, it is inconvenient, it's all worth it. Because it's the voice of God. And I'd rather, I'd rather do what God called me to do and fulfill, fulfill my mission and, and accomplish nothing else. Than fulfill many things and not accomplish the mission and the purpose that God put me on earth for. I'd rather. Amen. Not Martha, you worked about, about many things. But it's only one thing that mattered. The better part of life all depends on who you're listening to. The better part of life all depends on who you're listening to. You see, Adam and Eve were created by God when God spoke them into existence and began to mold them in. He says that he breathed the breath of life into his voice. What came out of his mouth was breathed into their nostrils. Eve listens to who? The tempter, the snake, the devil. And what does he say? You could be like God if you eat of this fruit. Notice what happens. Watch this. Watch this. Eve eats of the fruit. She gives it to Adam. Adam eats from the fruit. And what happens? Immediately they saw their nakedness. Watch this, watch this. The Bible says, as normal, God is walking in the garden, his presence. Where was Mary in front of? The presence of Jesus. God is walking in the garden. His presence is, is, is felt in the garden. He's passing through garden he's passing through the garden and he says Adam where are you you know what Adam says Adam says we hid because we were naked what did God say he says who told you you were naked told you something that I've never said over your life notice the first question where are you they said we're here he says who told you oftentimes where we are in life is simply a byproduct of who told you victory and defeat is tied to the answer 
to this question. Who told you? Who are you listening to? Who who told you that? Who told you you have to worry in such a way? Who told you that you have to panic? Who told you that you are the only one that could get things done in your life? Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you had to listen to the chaos instead of Christ? Who told you that you had to listen to the distractions rather than the one that has your destiny? Who told you that you had to listen to your to your problems rather than to the one that holds your promise? Who told you? Who are you listening to today? When you pray, is it God, let me just unpack all of this on you and walk away? Or saying, God, I need to hear your voice so that I can live. Who told you? Listen, I know we are beyond our time. But this has just been a, like an unprecedented season in our church. And I know we have to go. And I, But if can we just take five minutes? Five minutes. I promise. We, we'll probably be an hour and a half service next week. So you just take five minutes. Five minutes just to sit in God's presence right now. our eyes. Let's see what God does, huh? Just right now, see. Just don't say a word, just meditate on the Spirit of God. It's 123. Let's just give it five minutes. Come on. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.